Welcome back. This is Simon Phillips here on Leading the Field, and I have a, an incredibly special guest here to round off the series, um, the first series of Leading the Field, and that is Marina Jay, the celebrated author of Turn Yourself On, which is both a best-selling book and a, a hugely followed podcast as well. So it's a huge delight to spend some time here this afternoon with you, Marina. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really good. It is like Armageddon out there right now. It's like wind and rain and all that stuff. But here is just sunshine. That's where we're going to go today. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's just so fantastic. I mean, I, you and I have sort of met over the last couple of weeks and you know, you came hugely recommended through a, a little network of mine of, of people that follow you and understand all the things that you're up to. So I thought that's got to be a great guest to round off the uh, the series. So thank you for taking some time out today. Marina, where we always start is with a little bit of background about you. So tell us, we like to call it the origin story. Tell us a little bit about you. So I'm English. I lived in Australia for 24 years. I grew up in a beautiful family, but I also grew up Mm. highly sensitive and I would feel your feelings louder than my own and so much so that I ended up hearing your needs louder than my own and so my spine began to follow actually where I was going and so my spine would go left and support you on the left and my spine would go right and support you on the right and pretty soon I ended up with scoliosis which is a curvature mm. of the spine so at the age of 12, I had to have a, a just a very painful back brace that was very, oh my God, anyway, very archaic. And all because, you know, when I look at the spine, the spine is there to support you. You have one body. You're meant to support your body, not I'm going to support you. I'm going to support you. And so I literally was so porous. I couldn't hear myself. And I'm a really, you know, yeah. my voice is strong. So I ended up kind of going on this journey of, oh, I'm going to learn to teach yoga because that was the first thing that really made me loud, made me mm -hmm. loud for me, which is everything. If you're not loud for you and you can't hear you, you are going to live a half life. You are literally going to be sort of dissolving. You're going to be a sort of half, it's like half of you walking around. And so I ended up doing yoga and then I became a single mom to my beautiful daughter, Maya, which I think is the epitome of being unsupported and doing everything on your own and not just doing everything on your own, doing something for somebody else, my daughter, and also everybody else. And then I discovered coaching, integrative coaching, which is really finding the parts of you that you have given away or you have forgotten that you are in order to become whole again. And so I then became an integrative life coach and really healed, like for the first time, genuinely really reclaimed yeah. me. You know, all the bits that I'd given away to support other people, in order to people please, in order to kind of do a trade-off with people. You know, I'm gonna help you to ensure that you don't reject me. And I'm somebody with a natural gift of helping people heal very quickly. And so I would attract a lot of people that would just like, you know, somebody said to me once, they went, you're like cocaine. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Not I'm sure not, what I was that like, means. <laughs> let me think about that one, right? 
And so I kind of thought I need to have boundaries. And so moving on from there, I ended up creating my own way of healing because it wasn't enough just to have shadow work. I needed to also learn how to have really beautiful boundaries that didn't make me stressed out to say it even or to do it. I kind of wanted a whole new way of being so I could absolutely flourish. So, you know, you were saying about, you know, you had your daughter, you've always supported other people and you, know, you, you even had a sort of a physical um, experience, if you like, in terms of the curvature in your back that sort of all came through that aspiration almost to just be there for other people. Did you also learn from that, though? Did you find your own power in being able to cope with all of that and get to the point where, you know, you almost didn't need anybody else? And, and if so, how did that impact you in terms of the way you evolved from there? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people who have either grown up in families where their needs weren't met, okay? And that could be your emotional needs, that could be mm. your physical needs, that could be your spiritual needs, that could be your mental needs. So if you've grown up, and I think it's impossible for parents anyway to give everything, you yeah. everything, but if there were some real areas that you really weren't supported, maybe in some of your basic needs, then you're going to step into that power. And so for me personally, and I see this particularly with people that have had narcissistic abuse uh, growing up, they are very good at service, right? They're extremely good at helping other people. They're extremely good at service. They're not really gonna get complaints. No one's really gonna feel like they haven't gotten enough because you're so attuned to the yeah. needs of everybody else. So it makes you an amazing service provider or product provider, whatever it is that you do, you'll be amazing at it. Did it ever make you feel disconnected from other people or has it actually just drawn you closer to others in, in your support? Did, do you, did you sort of like flourish in relationships or was it something that created sort of a, a, a almost like invisible barrier for you? No. I would know what you were thinking yeah. before you even thought it. And people would say, how, how are you in my mind? I mean, they still say that, but it's fine. I'm not in anybody's <laughs> aura and field anymore like I used to, but I used to merge with people. And so I would hear what you were hearing. I would feel what you were feeling. You know, I would have huge downloads for people about, I know when you were 18, this happened to you. And this particular girl, when I just blurted it out, I was 18, she went, how do you know? How do you know? And I just went, I don't know there were no barriers it was the opposite I was so close mm. to everybody else and I was so close to everybody else that actually it was me that I lost the closeness with and I would only really feel me when I was desperate or when I was in crisis and then I would get into action for myself but as soon as I was all right again great okay I'm here for okay you. so uh, the discovery of yoga then which for you was a, as you say that's you finding your voice and being um, loud and and in, engaging with the world as you, did that feel like a huge epiphany or, or was it just something that you stumbled upon? Well, with yoga in particular, I mean, I went to my first ever yoga class. It was in yeah. Sydney and I'd had a really difficult day at work. I was a recruitment consultant. I was at the top of my game, million dollar contracts, the whole thing. And it was just a really bad day. And I walked in about mm. to cry and I did this yoga class and I was laughing at it. And at the end of it, I just was like this, I was high as a kite in a great way. 
And I walked up to the teacher and I said, I want to do what you do. And she goes, okay, well, um, how long have you been doing yoga for? And I said, well, just the hour, but you know, I, I know this is what I want to do. And she said, okay, we've got a course starting very soon, but just pace yourself, whatever. And anyway, long story short, I went on it. I knew immediately it was for me. I think when you meet somebody or you do something, there's just yeah. a certain fire and you're like, I have this, you know, you're my person. I have to work with you. And it kind of transcends anything else really. It's a strong feeling. The finding of me through the yoga was more gradual. It wasn't something that I suddenly went, wow. But it was something because I started to really embody the healing. I started to really feel the yoga that I learned and teach. I don't teach it anymore so much unless I'm doing, you know, workshops is a therapeutic kind of yoga. So it's actually about really healing your organs and muscles and certain parts of your mm. body and your emotions. So it's really powerful. So yeah, it came in. Fits. And no doubt you gained a whole load of both confidence in terms of helping and instructing other people in that process, which, you know, was consolidated with the life coaching as well. What did you learn about yourself, do you think, most through, through yoga? Through yoga? I think just... There's not, there's not, I can't just mm. say it's one thing. Yoga is such a whole body experience. It's just a case of being in me and feeling mm. me and, and then feeling euphoric afterwards because you're not just, you know, releasing a muscle, you're releasing all the emotions that came with the tightness in that muscle. You are releasing all the emotions. And so it was, it, it's, there's a lot of yoga I've been to that seems very left-brained and technical. Do this, do that, stretch here, make sure your heels on the back of the ground, all that. I'm not interested in that. I think we get enough of that during our day, quite frankly. I'm interested in real whole body shifts where mm. you're not even thinking, you're just in it. And when you walk out, you feel more you than you've ever felt. Love it. So how far have we got? So we're into the into the life coaching part. Into the, well, we're into the 20s, th sort of 30s, yeah, 28, 30. I, um, yeah, I started uh, learning about. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, and where did you go from there? How did, uh, it, yeah. how did it evolve? So it kind of evolved. So then I was a single mom and I remember thinking, you know, I've qualified. I don't have capacity to take on clients. I, I need to be able to take on clients when I'm in a, when I can give, mm. I can't give right now. And so I ended up working three jobs at the same time, I started up a business to design my own yoga and sportswear, which I did. And But funny enough, all my emails to my newsletter list were just all about healing. Even though I had the yoga wear, you know, we were, at, we were on television, we were in Cosmopolitan magazine, you know, it went really well. But my love was just helping people. And in the midst of all of that, I then met Paul, who's the love of my life. And, you know, he's the father that, that Maya couldn't have. And um, he was amazing. And he was the first person where I actually experienced a true reciprocal relationship. So the energy I gave back was more than returned to me. Mm. And I'd never had that before. I'd always just had it one way. And people would always say to me, God, I feel better after I'm with you. And I'm like, mm, that's good. I don't feel, you know, I, I wouldn't say it to them, but I wouldn't feel lifted yeah. after I walked away. And I thought, I need to find more people like Paul, you know? so. 
Paul and I, it's like, there's so much goodwill there. He's just the love of my life. And we've been together now for in three decades. I realized that, I know, right? This year, I was like, oh my God, three decades. Been together a lot. And um, so then so then we married. And then I, yeah, then I started to coach. Uh, a little while later, started to coach. And, you know, started with one client in the first, and I remember my first week, I had one client. And then at the end of the week, I had three. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. And then by the end of the month, I think it had hopped to something like nine. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, I've got a business. Like it just kind of clicked off. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's where it, it ended. And I, so I created my own way of healing mm. is the other part of it is, you know, I used to sit my daughter when she was a, when I was a single mom and she was little, I would sit her in front of the TV for 10 minutes because I only have 10 I was like, I know I've got 10 minutes, just sit. And I would go onto my bed and just download a new way for me to heal and then scribble it down. And then that all became the way that I now help other women to really become the woman they were born to be. Because yeah. I did it first. You know, you do it for yourself, then you, you do it with your clients. You're like, oh God, this is really working. And then announced, you know, part of the book and and what have you. So it's all. Um, so those. Yeah, it's all kind of. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. So those those <laughs> first clients, the, the the nine in the first week or whatever it was. Yeah. What were they coming to you for? Was there a, a consistent theme? No. No, there was like one was a um, one was a stay at home mum that was feeling so beige. She'd left her corporate life behind, and she was feeling like even though she was still working for them part-time, they were just giving her the dregs. They kept forgetting about her. They said, oh, can you do a 10-hour turnaround? And she'd gone from this sort of amazing executive to here. And then I had another lady who was an actress and she wasn't getting jobs. She was going on um, auditions and she said, I would stare down the barrel of the camera and I would just think I was fat. And I, was, I would just think, you know, no. And so they were all sort of different, but they all had one thing in common, I guess, is that they all mm. either had their business or they had a big dream that they wanted to really step into. And so the lady that was uh, getting ignored by her very masculine industry, she was the only lady yeah. really in it at the top, went from that to having an unprecedented seven-year contract signed. They'd never done it before. And I think her wages more than tripled. I can't remember how it happened. And then she ended up flying around Australia with a nanny because she could and, and got the plum job. So it's like the power's always there. It's just mm. harnessing it, you know? And then I remember the actress, she got she got parts written in for her. She, and she's in Hollywood now and she's well known. And it's just, I'm so happy. It's like, yeah, really good. Really, really good. So that, it, just, it just became. Because uh, the reason I asked that is, you know, when, when you sit down with a business advisor. If you're setting up a new business, they all, you know, where they start is, so who's your ideal client? What challenges do they have? How is that all gonna, it's very technical. It's very process yeah. oriented, if you like. And, you know, and it yeah. sounds for you, it was much more of a, well, a rapid organic process. And, and your your clients yeah. revealed their needs to you through through the process of starting to talk with you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was teaching yoga. And so one of the things I used to teach was I used to teach a class mm. called Goddess Yoga. And it was a two hour workshop. And I would do an hour of yoga and then an hour of coaching. But they wouldn't know it was coaching. We would just sit in a circle. And then at the end of that, I would say, look, I've got some spaces open to work with me. And the first time I did it, I said, 
I'm actually opening up spaces to work with me and coaching if you're interested. And I had about 15 people out of the, the 40 odd because sort of went yes. And out of that, there was two that stepped in. And the third one, the actress had seen my pamphlet in her mother's kitchen yeah. on her worktop and went, what's this? And then rang me and then she was traveling a long mm. way actually to come and see me a long way. And um, she was she was <laughs> fab, she was really fab. So um, it kind of, yeah, just sort of, and I think so many people had known me from helping people. They just were like, oh yeah, no, she's got it. Like she, she, that's her thing. So I didn't hide it, even though I wasn't working at it, as okay. it, I didn't hide it. It was something that I think people just knew me for anyway and I was really interested to hear that point about when you're when you're constantly and especially if you do it as a as a as a job oh, I get the words out in a moment especially when you're doing it as a job if you're constantly there and supporting other people then your own energy depletes so you invested some time into trying to work out how to rebuild your own energy stores I guess what would be uh, you know without going into all the detail, are there some key points in there you can recommend for other people, you know, as they, because there will be people out there with depleted energy right now for 101 different reasons. What, yeah. What's the sort of the, the easiest way that you yeah. go about it? It's so important. So 10 years ago, I remember sitting around at my 40th birthday and just thinking, no one's really here for me. They're here for the energy they mm. get when they're with me. With the, with the, with, with, two or three of them that, but that were not that at all. And I had just had enough. And certainly in my coaching, because I'm in the business of transformation, I don't really get drained by my clients. There's also a reciprocation there. And I've, I've, I used to have really good boundaries in my business and I still do. Where it was showing up for me, where the exhaustion was actually showing up for me was actually with my mm. friends, with my girlfriends. And I kind of thought, okay, what is this? And everything is energy everything is energy if you took the body out of it one person's giving and the other person's receiving so in order for us to have a more equal energy exchange so that after we leave somebody we're not tired after we leave somebody we're not kind of like oh i don't really feel like me anymore i don't even know what i want for dinner because i can't even feel or hear me anymore i'm hearing you we need energetic boundaries and energetic boundaries are boundaries that you can't see but you've worked on yourself enough and it is a process sure. obviously i can't go through all the detail now but uh just because of time but it is a process so that the next time you're with somebody you can be with them without actually taking their feelings inside your body so you're aware that they're upset or you're aware that they're stressed or you're aware that they're time poor you're aware of it because you're sensitive right but it doesn't become you and if it doesn't become you you won't walk away feeling tired. You'll actually walk away feeling elevated or neutral yeah. or however you want to. That's it. So it's really important to work on our energy, the stuff that we can't see, so that we can be in big crowds of people. So for example, we can talk to, to you know whomever it is and we don't lose our train of thought. We don't lose how we are thinking. It's not dependent on what that person is thinking or feeling or what we're picking up from them. Yeah, it makes, makes complete sense because, as you say, we do that in professional activity. So, you know, when I'm with my clients, 
one, I'm excited to be there anyway, because it's a fulfillment of, of, of what I'm trying to do in life. But two, there's always an interesting angle. There's always new, unique circumstances. And, and so, so much to explore, as you say. So that that's always a nice exchange. But the but it's, it's taking that same mindset, I guess, into the personal spaces and, and, and working that through for yourself in terms of how does that evolve and how does, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it is a mindset, but honestly, it's only a mindset if you're not embodied. When you're really embodied in it, which means you've just become it, you actually have become the boundary. You've become the one that's not going to be too porous and too much like a sponge. Mm. You don't need to think too much. So you may here and there after a situation go, wait a minute, no. Um, but typically, you will already become it. And that's the, I think that's one of the big gifts of real transformation yeah. is that you just become it. You don't need to think your way through situations anymore. You're already finding yourself saying the right thing or behaving in a way that is the right way for you and therefore it's the right, right way for the situation. Love it. Fantastic. Marina, we're going to take a quick pause there so for people to grab a cuppa and, um, and we'll come right back because I'd love to hear more about the programs that you're running now and the people that you're supporting. Welcome back. This is Simon Phillips with Leading the Field and my very special guest, Marina J. Marina, we talked in the first part of the show about the evolution of your career and the things that you've learned along the way. You've then pulled all of that together, I'm guessing, to deliver all of this amazing work with the community of, well, huge community that you've built. And you wrote the book. So tell us a little bit about this book then. Right here, actually, I have a very thumbed copy because I'm, I'm actually creating something at the moment. There you go, that's it. Because I love red and pink, it's called Turn Yourself On, it's a play on words, and it's about you turning on your power to have what you want, okay, and to live how you want. And there are lots of processes in there the processes that I take my private clients through so that you can actually really transform yourself or a relationship so that you really live turned on, right? I want you turned on in your own energy, feeling fabulous. And I wrote it for women, but interestingly enough, I get a lot of guys that read it. And then I've had emails from them saying, well, look, thank you for all of that, but also now I really understand my wife, thanks. <laughs> well, it, it was actually, I mean, that's how I first met you, was this book book arrived through the post and sitting there on the side, and I thought, should I be worried? <laughs> But um, yes, I was reassured. I was reassured. Um, so yes, I mean, as you say, there's the empowerment message there. What would you hope if there was, a, you know, one or two key messages you want people to take away from it for themselves and maybe for their for their relationships? What would you hope that would be? I think if you're a woman, you're meant to be a, you're meant to be living like a goddess, and by that I really mean being treated like a goddess in your relationships and treating yourself like a goddess. So to me, it's about you having a divine mm. relationship 
with yourself. You know, if you believe in the universe or God or the creator or something larger than you that is just hugely high vibrational, it's you treating yourself as that would treat you, whether that's God would treat you, the universe would treat you, your angels would treat you, because you're here on this planet for so many reasons. But one of the main reasons is to actually be the greatest expression of yourself in the physical. And that means being good to yourself in all the ways, right? Physical, spiritual, emotional, mental. And so many of us have been taught to kind of forget about ourselves. You know, when you think about school, school wasn't about you. School yeah. was about what you did, right? And this is, as we get older, we're like, you know what? I want to get paid for being me. I don't want to get paid for just what I do. And I want to be loved for just being me. And I just want to be seen and heard for being me. I don't want to have to work hard anymore. I'm done with all of that. So it's kind of putting the power back in your hands because you are the one that can really shift yourself, yeah. but you've got to want it. You got to want it. If you don't want it, this is not the book for you. This is not the work for you. You got to want it. And then you'll be amazed because the power sits with you, right? It doesn't sit with anything else. Doesn't sit with anybody else. No matter how powerful that actually appears, it's only showing you the power that you've yet to step into. And it's so hardwired, isn't it, in society to be thinking about what what it is you can do for others whether that start you know yeah. it starts in families and it, and it builds out into communities and then we go into work and it's what I can do for my team for my organization and even listening to you know the the, the points you are making there part a, a very small part of my brain was going into that zone of and and what part or or how does all of that work in terms of um the person that you are for others it's like I can be of service to you as long as I'm still in service to myself. So it means as I'm talking to you right now, if I'm thirsty, yeah. I'm going to drink water. The old me would have just not drunk. I, I used to do, I used to teach my clients. I would coach my clients for an hour and a half, two hours. I wouldn't drink one drop because yeah. it was all about them. Right. And so it's like, it can't just be, I love you. It has mm. to be, I love me and you. And if I love me and you, then I'm going to turn up on fire in your world, whether I'm a friend of yours or a coach or, you know, whatever capacity. And um, we're going to have the best time. That's it. That's how it works. I love that because we, you know, a, a big part of what I do um, with my um, with my team is we're out there developing change makers, people who are out there to make a better, make a better world, whatever, you know, however that appears yeah. but we always start with them as individuals and we always start with unless you know it's the old oxygen mask on the on the airplane unless you can breathe then how can you possibly help and yeah. support anyone else so it that that resilience message if you like it which is our language if you like around the, the change maker development that what's your personal resilience like are you strong and capable to get out there and, and help other people is sort of it has synergy with what you're saying there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So, tell us then, give us a give us a flavour of what um, a typical day looks like in Marina J's world in terms of the the work that you're doing with your clients. Uh, well, there's a number of ways that you can work with me, and it's just really wherever you're at. There's obviously my book. Um, I've got a brilliant free Facebook group where I do free training in there. We're doing free training in there this week, actually. Um, about you being the pure creator of your own life 
and we're going to be activating that in ourselves. Um, I have a, I have lots of short courses that you can take with me. So I have one on pure healing, which is shadow alchemy, which is you to really come home to yourself and to really heal the things that you haven't mm. been able to heal yet. When you know actually how to heal, it's straightforward and you don't have to stay in the pain forever and you have to be crying for the next, you know, three years and talking about it. No, it should be just quick, straightforward and, that, and we want you rising. And that's shadow and so alchemy, that. is it? That sense of self-healing. That's shadow alchemy. Yeah. Yeah, that's shadow alchemy. So you will not, you know, walk out of this year with the same problems you walked in with. And I've never had anybody go through it and not mm. get outstanding results. And you know, you're, you're built to make the shift. And so it's incredibly powerful for you to say, you know what, I've had this relationship or I've had this issue with my family or I just don't know why I can't get myself out there, whatever. And you go, oh, it's happening. I have, I've healed, I've cleared, I've whatever, I'm here. And it's like, oh my goodness, I now know how to use my emotions to reclaim any part of my life and make mm. it successful again. You know, I want to reclaim my power, reclaim my light, reclaim, you know, any part of me that I left behind in that marriage or I've left in that job or I've left in the past or I left with my family, I get to be whole again. And so it's using shadow work and I call it shadow alchemy because genuinely when you know how to do it the right way, it's not work. I see so many people out there on the internet and they, they make it sound really like, oh, hard work and it's not. You know, we should be living and having fun and creating and being out there. We don't want to be healing our entire lives. So that's Shadow Alchemy. That's an eight-week program. And that's, we're enrolling now. People can step in right now and you'll get me live helping you right now as well. There's also a beautiful course to help you receive more easily, whether that's money, support, success. If you're somebody that's sort of working hard, you've got relationships and you seem to be giving more than you're receiving. So in mm. any interaction... You're giving 80%, but only getting 20% back. That's this. That's the energetic boundaries we were talking about. That's reciprocal relationships. That's you actually having a life that feels where you, you can actually stay energized. You're not mm. just giving all the time. So again, that's an eight-week course. And again, we're enrolling now. So you can step into that. Again, you get me live. Uh, so I can help you directly, right, with wherever you're at. And then there's also a, uh, a year-long course called Flourish. And that's for you to really become the woman you were born to be. And that is a year long container. That's the closest thing to working with me privately that isn't yep. private sessions. And for that, you'll also get, you'll get the Shadow Alchemy, you'll get all the receiving, you get all the modules, mm. you kind of get all my work pretty much. And then you get me every month live and we do lots of cool things together. So. That's yep. about you flourishing, genuinely flourishing in relationships, but also in the relationship with yourself. Uh, and then I have a creatrix course that I'm teaching live soon. I think that will probably be well underway by the time this goes live. But um, seeing as I think I know when we're going live, you can still join it. And the creatrix course is about you being the creator. When you create success in your way, though, not anybody else's way, when you actually do it in your own way, mm. it's always going to be successful. And so we're kind of going to get really quiet so we can hear you. So what is your next evolution that wants to come out of you? Or what is your next creation that wants to come out? We're going to do it your way. And then once you know what your way is, you can keep doing it that way. Because it's so important for us to actually find our way. And so many of us, particularly coaches, are so good at helping people find their way. 
we actually haven't spent enough time actually creating how we want to create success yeah. on this planet. And so that's what this course is for. Fantastic. So that's a lot of energy that you're putting out there into the world. We have a, a concept we call plot twists in our business, which is when when you, Ooh, oh, like when you wake up twist, yes. and something's happened that you hadn't anticipated, you hadn't planned. Some people might say it's a yeah. complete, you know, atrocity or a complete um, nightmare or all of those sorts of words. We like the, the phrase plot to us because it sounds like I can do something about it or I can, it's intriguing. So how do you deal with the, and let's face it, we all face plot twists, you know, in our lives. So how do you deal with them? Do you have a, a go-to approach that you like to do? Yeah, I do. It's exactly what I teach in my courses. So the first thing I do is mm. I let my feelings out. I literally let them out. I let out the fear, the anxiety, the pain, the worry, whatever it is, I physically let it out. So I might cry, shout, you know, write it out, yell it out, talk it out. I have to let it out. So many people try and jump into the solution. Meanwhile, their emotions are like going wild and then you can't even hear the solution. And then if you think about it, you're not even sure if that is a solution. We're not doing that here. We work with the body. So the first stage is let it out. And you might need to let it out several times in the day if it's something big that's just happened, right? Or it might just be a one-off. And then once you've let it out, it's like, okay, now I'm gonna start transforming it. So I do the inner work first of all. And that's where for me personally, I'll start transforming it, right? And so that's where I do some shadow work or shadow alchemy, where I actually kind of go, okay, where is this bringing me to? So I'll clear it subconsciously. Good, then the work's done. Then it's like, okay, well, what's the action? What is the action? Well, it's like, all right, what do I want? What do I actually want to have happen? Once you're clear on that, keep leaning into that. Because if that's been shown to you, that is a possibility. Even if the situation is showing you everything else but, everything else but, there's always the highest possibility for you in that. And your job is to shut out the noise and to keep leaning in regardless of what you're seeing or, or getting from the outside world. Because if you're actually a creator, mm. your job is to create. And all the outside world is showing you is what's already been created, the hassle that's already been created, right? Or the difficult situation that's already been created. But you haven't even entered the situation yet. You don't have to look at the situation and go, that's the way it is. You're like, nah, I get everything I want. This is what I want and I'm almost gonna put blinkers on. And that's not a sort of spiritual bypassing message or a way of not listening or not being intuitive at all. It's just a very clear, I'm gonna keep leaning in regardless. Make a decision of what you want and keep leaning into that and watch what you are able to create from that. Really powerful. That sounds sounds amazing. I just wonder, so there will be people listening who have, they will have heard stories, if you like, growing up about um, selfishness and about putting your own needs, if you like, above everybody else's as if that's a bad thing. And so there will be people hearing some of the things you're saying and worrying that if they take that approach, that they will be perceived as, as I say, selfish and and not really interested in anybody else around them. So how, how would you help them reframe that potentially to be honest with you if you have grown up like that you'll be very selfless and you'll be somebody that thinks of mm. everybody else but yourself so the issue isn't am i going to hurt people 
I coach those sorts of people very differently, but to be honest with you, they don't really come into my world very much because my mm. work doesn't resonate with them. The people that resonate with me are the ones that are not doing that. They're the ones that don't lean in. They're the ones that actually are thinking about, I don't want them to not like me anymore. I don't want to be rejected anymore. I, I, I don't want them to think I'm nasty or horrible anymore. It's like, no, 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 no. You're such a conscious person. When you're deciding what you want, that decision is not going to hurt anybody else. Yeah. You wouldn't make it otherwise. But that decision is also in service to you. You're allowed to also have what you want. We're not talking about having what you want and to hell with everybody else and you know fuck them all and I don't care. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about the highest solution, right? When you lean into that, and this is obviously a practice that most people I meet don't really know how to do and they haven't been supported to really do it. They get too dissipated you can't hurt anybody else. A conscious being is not going to hurt anybody else. The only yeah. person you're going to hurt is you. And to answer the last question, uh, last part of your question is to be successful in your business, if you're running a business or in your career, you do have to make decisions that are not going to be popular. And that means you need to get more robust and able to withstand people not liking you, judgment, rejection uh, and being misunderstood, people thinking you're something that you're not. Again, that's the work that we do in one of my courses um, to release the narcissistic template from your business or your life where you can actually be you. Because if you're hearing your truth, no. you're never going to hurt anybody else, right? You might hurt their ego, but if it's something that's right and they're misunderstanding you or they're, they're, they're sort of behaving in a certain way, your job is to still be in your power. When you're truly in your power, you can actually withstand all of that. And that's how you lean in and keep being robust. Yeah. So yeah, it takes work. It takes work to be this person. And I'm not 100% there, but I do know my worth and I do know that I deserve to have an incredible life. And so that's something for me that's so important yeah. to do. I love that because it's, it's helping people understand that it doesn't have to be an either or, it can actually be an and. You know, I can have what exactly. I want and I can be be my, a self-advocate and people will benefit most from me being that person. Yeah. Yeah. No. But you don't know until you've done it, right? Yeah. And all the fears can come up. But if your intent is good and pure, try it. Because when you do that, you're going to start really becoming that person that you always knew you were inside. Otherwise, what happens? You think it, you know it, you don't act on it. You can't grow from that. You're not going to grow as a person. Your business isn't going to grow as a person. As a, as a person, I always yeah. look at businesses as people, actually. But nothing grows if all of your action is just internal. We've got to make it external. And often that's the last piece of embodiment. Are you willing to be misunderstood in order to speak your truth and to act on your truth? Fantastic. Marina, that's been just stunning. And I appreciate all of the care you've taken if you like to try and help um, people who will find themselves in a, in the variety of situations that you talked about there and i know you i know for a fact that you're doing some amazing work and, and highly recommend people to check out some of those resources you mentioned nobody gets off this show 
without telling us what track they'd like to add to the Lead in the Field podcast. So, uh, not podcast, a uh, playlist. So, um, what is it for you, Marina? What track resonates or you come back to all the time? What is it? I have to read it because I never <laughs> remember names of anything. So, I was like, I will write this down. It's called Love Runs Out and it's uh, by One Republic. Okay. And why that one? I just, I can sing to it. I like songs typically that I can sing to and there's something about it that I can really sing to it and it kind of I feel kind of like my fire sort of starts yeah. to come up when I listen to it I don't really know what the words are massively about I, don't, I can't tell you any other song that they sing I don't know anything about them I just know <laughs> I like the song and that's all you need to know absolutely Marina thank you so much for being yeah. a guest on our last show of the season and um, good luck with everything that you've got going right now and um, I'll look forward to catching up with you again. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Really, really loved it. Wonderful. Thanks, Marina.